Are your breasts dense? Dense breasts are more common in young women, and women with dense breasts can be five times more likely to develop breast cancer. However, it's not commonly discussed between doctor and patient. Rick Thompson is the Associate Director and a Professor of Breast Cancer Research at the Institute of Health and Biomedical Innovation and School of Biomedical Science at Queensland's University of Technology. He's also a Breast Cancer Trials board member. A research focus for Professor Thompson is mammographic density, or dense breasts. We sat down with him to ask what is mammographic density and why don't we know if we have it? Essentially, mammographic density is the whiteness on your mammogram. And so um, every breast has a duct system and a a nipple and a duct system and some glands and it can jump into action and produce milk uh, when when needed. That's what it's there for. The mammogram, without having a cancer in it, the normal breast mammogram can either be quite dark or will have different amounts of whiteness in it. And it's the whiteness which is the mammographic density. It's not dense to touch, it's not, a, it's not a lump, it's not firm, but it blocks x-rays. And so histological studies such as the ones we and others have done make it clear that the, it's, it's really what's around the, the glands and around the ducts of the glands. If they have a lot of dense connective tissue, then that looks white. And so um, fibroglandular tissue is really what, it, what, it's, what it's about. Whereas in some women, uh, most of the, of the glands are sitting mostly in adipose tissue, in fat. There's very little of the fibrous tissue. So the fibrous tissue is the key to us, and this is our approach to understanding not only what, is, what molecules or what are the proteins, etc., that are causing mammographic density, um, but the reason we're so interested in it is that if you have more mammographic density, then your risk for breast cancer is higher. Do we know why it's higher? Not exactly, no. Uh, it's linked with estrogen action, which is known to be a promoter for breast cancer. Um, it's, it's got some genetic links, and some of the genes which are linked to mammographic density are similar, or the same, sorry, uh, some of the SNPs are, are the same as, as those that, that have an effect on breast cancer predisposition and risk, but a lot of them are not. And then uh, we're truly trying to find out at a molecular level and a cellular level, why are the cells that are in those dense regions or in denser breasts, why are they more likely to end up uh, becoming a breast cancer? But is it also the case that it's harder to detect on a mammogram if you have dense breasts? Exactly. So it's, it, 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 there, there are two different things. There's a clearly established risk effect of mammographic density, but it's a very important point that it is harder to, to find your breast cancer if the, dense, if, if you're, if the breast is uh, in the higher dense category. How, how common is mammographic density? Well, um, the, it, it's, a, it's essentially most of the uh, systems that consider density consider the top two categories as being dense versus the lower two. And those top two categories uh, account for 45% of the population of women. So 45% is, is a very, very large number. Um, is there any way for women to identify if they have dense breasts? Well, th- there, there is. It has to really come from a mammogram. And um, Australia does not have notification about breast density. Uh, it's something that's become um, much, much more prevalent, for example, in the USA. 
And Canada just recently, British Columbia has just passed legislation to ensure that women are informed about their mammographic density. It's something that's being hotly debated and, and, and um, investigated and considered in Australia. Uh, there's there's a, quite a number of, of uh, approaches and workshops and uh, special initiatives to try to understand how best to to deal with this information how to accommodate it, how to afford it, how to pass it on in a meaningful way. And so there's a very, there is a lot of really good work being done right across the spectrum, uh, from the consumer level right through to the radiographers, for example. But, um, you know, I think most women could, could look at the literature and look at the websites around mammographic density and have a look at their mammogram and they could put a pretty good picture as to whether they're dense or not. I think there will be a certain amount of information flow around this. It's certainly something that I think increasingly women could discuss with their GP. But at the, one of the issues is that, you know, we, if this becomes uh, um, something that more commonly being asked about, then the GPs also need education. So it's, it's, it's a big issue. Yeah, yeah a very big issue. Um, if women do find out that they have dense breasts, uh, are they encouraged to be screened more regularly? Is there is yeah. there anything else that they can and that can do? Yeah, I think the most important thing is a couple of really important things. The, probably the most important thing is even if mammograms don't work as well in dense breasts because it, it can mask it, it mam- mammography is still the best way to find breast cancers, in, even in the most dense scenario. So that's very important. Women shouldn't ever think, I, shan't, I won't get a mammogram anymore. It doesn't, make, it doesn't help me because my breasts are too dense. You can still find breast cancers, and it's very clear from all the professional groups that that's, that's, that's paramount. Um, the second thing, and it's probably just as important, is it's only one of a number of risk factors for breast cancer. You could have the densest breasts in the world, but if you had no other risk factors, you're probably still fine. Okay, so you've got to look at your family history. You've got to look at um, at, at your age and your BMI and your age at Menarche and all of those factors that are well established. And so it's really a composite um, assessment of risk that would probably should be what's used to think about well what to do next okay and I think that's what's really coming forward but we are seeing that if mammographic density is added into some of the established algorithms for, for risk, breast cancer risk uh, such as such as the tyrocusic model it does add a benefit it does help particularly to get a better sense of the women in the highest risk and the women in the lowest risk it does give you that additional benefit you know we can predict, I think, about 50% of the risk of breast cancer, but, and that's assisted by mammographic density. So what, what's your research and your team's research into this area? Yeah, as I mentioned, it's a sort of the fibrous tissue around the glands that seems to be the biggest difference, and we've been very focused on that and trying to understand what's the composition of that, what is it that's different about that matrix in high-dense regions of the same breast as, as low-dense region compared to low-dense regions, and try to understand what are the molecular drivers. It's, there's certainly collagen there, but it's also more importantly perhaps that the collagen's organised differently. There's a lot of parallels with the fibrous tissue around cancers, and there's certain uh, cellular activities around those non-cancer cells, the cells that are in the environment around, that can promote the cancer or they can alter the immune environment for the cancer so they can make the cell, make the cancer a bit immunoprotected, etc. So we're really trying to unravel at the, at the cell level and the molecular level what it is that might be causing the difference. Yeah. 
And while well, I've just thought of it, um, breast cancer trials, previous trials, the IBIS-1, uh, right. how did that contribute to the education around this? Yeah, that, 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 that's a really good point, and um, thanks for reminding me. I, I'm so excited about that because, as you know, it was, it was a very big trial here in Australia. We had a, a major contribution to it. And it, it, mammographic change in mammographic density, because mammographic density is known to be res- regulated by estrogen to some extent and other reproductive hormones, um, to, when tamoxifen w- was working in the IBIS-1 trial, which it did work, it is a, it is a known and an established and, and available chemoprevention agent for women in high-risk category. But when it was working, mammographic density was going down. If mammographic density didn't go down, there was very little or no protection uh, by the tamoxifen. So it was the first indicator that tamoxifen, uh, that uh, mammographic density change could be a readout of whether or not tamoxifen is working. It's not proven yet. But there's a growing amount of, infam- of, of data out there from studies both in the prevention, chemoprevention setting or the adjuvant therapy setting. That, that a change in mammographic density is a good surrogate for whether or not the treatment is working. And that could, be, that could affect an enormous number of, of women being treated with uh, tamoxifen. That was Professor Rick Thompson, a breast cancer researcher and breast cancer trials board member. If you'd like to find out more about breast cancer trials, visit breastcancertrials.org.au. To keep up to date about the latest breast cancer research, stories and breast cancer trials activity, subscribe to the Breast Cancer Trials podcast and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. If there's a topic you'd like us to cover on the Breast Cancer Trials podcast, get in touch with us on social media. And if you've found this podcast interesting, make sure you tell those in your support circles to tune in.